This episode of Let's Talk About Chef is being brought to you by the New York Times. That should come as no surprise to you. But what should shock and anger and confuse you to no end is the sheer fact that for dozens of episodes, I have told you about why you should subscribe to the New York Times for a dollar a week. I have threatened you. I have made fun of your intelligence. And I have also belittled you. And I'm sorry for that, but I'm not a very good salesman. But what absolutely rings true is that I believe that offering the New York Times for a dollar a week is an insult to the lives on the line to bring you the truth. There's journalists and news stories working day and night in war zones trying to tell you what's going on, and a dollar is frankly insulting. Well, you can now subscribe to the New York Times for 50 cents a week. 50 cents. I don't think you can get a bottle of water for 50 cents. I don't even think that you could get anything of any type of value for 50 cents, except for the stories, articles, and outstanding journalism of the New York Times. So, head on over to nytimes.com and take advantage of their ridiculous offer. And now on with the show. I know that you're sitting there confused and wondering why after so long there is now another new episode of Let's Talk About Chef showing up on your smartphone. So let me explain. The world of food and restaurants went dark. The world that I like to talk about, romanticize about, have dedicated my life to had gone cold. And now, thanks to masks and vaccines and scientists that are way better at their job than anything I could ever hope to be good at, we're back. You can go to restaurants again. And yes, I know there is a variant that is threatening to plunge us all back into isolation, but we're back. Now, I could talk about crippling labor shortages in the food world. I could talk about food shortages and climate change and all these other things, but I don't want to talk about that. These last few months have been really hard for everyone, including me. Stress feels like an everyday occurrence. Lying awake at night not knowing what the hell is going to happen tomorrow is something we can all relate to. And quite frankly, sitting down to write a show about food seemed extremely hard and kind of silly to do. But I also know and understand this show is meant to entertain and means a lot to a lot of people. And so, I'm not going to dive into real-world problems that are filling all of our days. I'm instead going to talk about food and stories and restaurants how I always have. With love and respect, and hopefully it will bring some joy to all of you. And so, I'm Brian Clark, and this is Let's Talk About Chef.
I remember vividly the first time that I was cooked food over a fire pit by chefs. I was 17 in the middle of nowhere on Manitoulin Island in northern Ontario. I was staying at a cottage with my family and trying desperately to spend as much time as I could away from them. On a side note, I was obsessed with music and playing guitar, so I would sit on the beach, it was completely empty, and play songs and watch this older woman walk by herself up and down the shoreline every day at the exact same time. I later learned that that older woman walking by herself was Joni Mitchell. And when I discovered that, I was quite embarrassed that I had assaulted her with my lack of guitar playing skill. One night I was walking back to the cottage and I could hear laughter and see fire and smell smoke and also heard Radiohead playing on the CD player. And so I stumbled over to the next cottage over and discovered four chefs all on vacation from Toronto for a week and they were cooking mushrooms and duck with blueberries and drinking vast amounts of very expensive French red wine that I'm assuming they stole from their restaurants. Seeing as I was holding a guitar, they invited me to join them, and as they took turns playing songs, I watched in amazement as one of them loaded up a cast iron pan on the flames and put herbs and garlic and butter in it, and for the next 20 minutes, I watched him in a zen-like state, this chef, using the fire to cook. And not cook like hot dogs or hamburgers or, you know, scrambled eggs. He was cooking his ass off over the fire. I remember the smell of the herbs, and I remember the sound of the ducks sizzling, and I remember what happened when they handed me a plate, and I tasted probably one of the top three most delicious things I have ever tasted in my entire life. My head nearly exploded when they handed me a glass of really expensive French red wine to go with it, and taught me how to take a bite of food, let the flavors take over my palate, and then drink wine. I have made that dish countless times since that night. When I became a head chef, it was one of the first things I ever put on a menu. And despite that dish that I very sincerely stole from that chef on that beach that night, and it essentially getting me a career, I have never made it as good as it tasted that night on the beach under the stars when it was made with fire. Cooking with fire is a magical thing. It's something that can connect us with our past and make us realize that maybe we are part of something bigger than we are. And that story starts almost two million years ago. This episode of Let's Talk About Chef is the story of fire. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire the Ring of Fire. Nobody knows or ever will know why and how our earliest ancestors started using fire to cook their food. It's believed that it may have been something as simple as an early hominid discovering a burnt animal from a forest fire millions of years ago, and after tearing some meat off, realizing that it made their food taste better. This ancestor of ours would then try to seek out ways to put meat in flames more and more, 
finding trees burning from lightning strikes or coals left over inside dead trees from other forest fires. A tree can stay burning for up to three days after being set on fire, longer if the conditions are right. And it stands to reason that if you were hunting for fire, you could see a smoking tree and walk to it within two days. The earliest methods that hominids had for cooking with fire would have been to just toss meat among the flames and watch it sizzle and burn and pull it out whenever you felt like it. But this is again another reason why cooking is so integral to our brains getting bigger than other animals. While our ancestors were throwing meat into the fire, they were also cooking bones. And bones contain bone marrow. And marrow is one of the things that we believe helped us become who we are today. As early humans learned over time how to harness fire and even how to make it all on our own, we started to cook other things as well. And if there was no meat from an unsuccessful hunt, then vegetables would be cooked. And vegetables taste better with salt on them. And salt makes a carrot or potato taste like meat. And salt is the other thing that makes our bodies change. And over thousands and thousands of years in knowledge of how to cook food and seasoning with fire and salt, hominid brains started growing. We were getting smarter, healthier. Our bodies grew larger and we adapted to our surroundings until finally the Homo sapien, our direct great, 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 a thousand times over grandfathers and grandmothers, joined the rest of the hominid clan sitting around fires and eating. A crazy thought is that if you could understand that how light travels throughout space and that space is infinite, you could theoretically make a spaceship fast enough to travel ahead of the speed of light that left our sun two million years ago. And if you could build a telescope powerful enough on that spaceship to peer back to Earth from two million light years away, you would actually be seeing Earth two million years in the past. And you would see Earth, you would see a very dark planet. But if you zoomed in closer above Africa and then really close to the ground, you'd start to see a few little pricks of light. And if you zoomed in closer and you were incredibly lucky, chances are that you'd see a campfire. And sitting around that campfire would be the few members of Homo sapiens that every human that has ever existed on Earth came from, and they'd all be sitting around eating. From the time that humans started using fire until the Paleolithic period, humans cooked meats on spits. The earliest fire pit ever found is over 1.6 million years old in modern-day Kenya. But the knowledge of digging a hole, lining it with rocks, and using it to cook with would have gone back hundreds of thousands of years to get to that point in technology. All information was passed hand-to-hand, mouth-to-mouth. We taught people we came across in the wild. Learning how to do that would take a very long time. And as people began to leave Africa for other climates, the earliest Europeans started to steam their food over hot embers wrapped in wet leaves. People used the skulls of animals to hold water over the fire to cook things in. And it wasn't until the Neolithic period that the first pottery was made. Pottery to be able to place over a fire to make soups and stews. The civilization of Mesopotamia, the first civilization in human history, brought one of the biggest developments in human history, plant irrigation and cultivation, as well as plant and animal domestication. Those were done by the people of Mesopotamia since 9000 BC. Crops like grain, barley, wheat, beans, peas, lentils, leeks, turnips, onions, radishes, and garlic were being planted up to 3000 BC. The Mesopotamian diet was made up of all of these things. But because of fire and because of being around a central fire and then not wanting to leave that fire, people were able to grow cities and towns and houses and we knew how to take care of sheep and cattle and ducks for food. You could go out and hunt pigs and deer and game birds and gazelle and fish, but the meats at home were easier to cultivate. 
and with fire meats were smoked or dried or salted for preservation, and they were cooked by roasting, broiling, or boiling. At that time, boiling and stewing was done by using pots placed near the fire or cauldrons suspended over a fire by hanging from a tripod of sticks. And a basic dish from this time period was made up of lentils, beans, and grains. But when the Egyptian civilization began around 3100 BC, more types of animals were domesticated and more food-bearing plants were grown. By then, the rich people were served elaborate stews which were prepared with more, you know, fancy cooking methods. Meanwhile, peasants or poor people, their meals consisted of bread, onions, fruit, and beer. The Roman Empire made cooking into an art form during the first century AD. And simple meals were replaced by elaborate banquets and chefs specialized in disguising food or taking dishes and turning them into other things. They started developing kitchens. In Pompeii, and I've talked about it before, there's, there's actually like a fast food counter kitchen that you can go to and look at. The sole reason is because of fire. This short and sweet episode of Let's Talk About Chef is again being brought to you by the New York Times. It's 50 cents a week. I'm not really sure what else to say about that, other than you'd be crazy not to get in on it. Don't trust social media. Don't trust your mom's Facebook page. Or your crazy cousin who thinks that the government's trying to track you through a vaccine. Why not? Just trust the New York Times. Cooking with fire is something that came to define who we are, and without it, we wouldn't exist. There is something terribly humbling about the idea that the first ancestor, if they had not found a burning animal carcass that set them off on a quest to find fire to cook with, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be talking about life getting back to normal after a global pandemic because there wouldn't be a global pandemic because chances are we wouldn't have survived. Cooking birthed humanity. Our earliest ancestors were chefs. So the next time you get to sit outside and cook something over a fire, make sure it's night. Make sure you're with people you care about and realize that the act and the art of harnessing and cooking with fire, of sitting and telling stories to one another and eating, that's what makes us human. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Let's Talk About Chef. It was written and hosted by me, Brian Clark. I want to again thank the New York Times and especially thank all of you for listening. 
Music for this episode was provided by Spotify. If you want to write into the show, you can send everything to let's talk about chef at gmail.com, or you can follow me on Instagram at Chef Brian Clark. If you want to help spread the word about the show, please let someone you think would like it know they can find all episodes of Let's Talk About Chef either on letstalkaboutchef.com or wherever you get your podcasts. That's enough for me. So as always, I'm Brian Clark. Have a great service and have a great week. Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Did he go and leave you all alone? I got a bad desire. Oh, I'm on fire. Tell me now, baby, is it good to you? And can he do to you the things that I do? Oh, no. I can take you high. Like someone took a knife, baby, edgy and dull, and cut a six-inch belly through the middle.